In January of this year, I, I heard that a good friend of mine was leaving the church. And so I called him. And it turns out he was upset with a sermon I had preached just a few weeks earlier, um, one of the sermons of Advent. Uh, the, the text for that Sunday uh, is actually uh, the same text that we have for today. Um, Luke's story about Mary uh, and Mary's song, The Magnificent. The phone conversation was really disturbing. Now, Mary's song of praise is also a song of mercy. Mercy is kindness or forgiveness uh, or help uh, for, for someone who is in a, a bad or, or desperate situation. Mercy uh, is the fruit of compassion. Now, Luke tells us the stories of Advent. We read them and we rehearse them every year. Uh, Mary finds out that, that she's pregnant. Normally, that is not good news for a young girl that's engaged to be married. And in her circumstance, uh, pregnancy is not even possible. So the angel that um, brings this news also explains it to her and says that God has found favor in, in you and that God is on the move and that when God is involved, nothing is impossible. And the angel tells her, and your cousin uh, Elizabeth or your relative Elizabeth, uh, she has also conceived and she is gonna have a baby boy. So Mary goes to visit Elizabeth and the, the two of them together, uh, these two who are really on the margins of society, they marvel together, uh, they rejoice together, they, uh, they, they uh, uh, wonder and, and question all of this stuff that's, that's happening to them. And then we come to our text and Mary sings her song. Uh, she sings of, of joy and, and of praise, and, and she wonders, how is it that, that God has looked with favor uh, on his lowly servant? Uh, she sings God's mercy, God's mercy for all people. And then the song uh, becomes a, a little bit aggressive. I don't know if you felt that, but Mary sings about God's uh, strength of God's arm, that God uh, brings down the powerful from their thrones. God sends the rich away empty. Um, when, I, when I try to, to put myself in the story, and I think that's a good thing for us to always do, uh, I, I began to wonder, is this song coming after me? What about my power, my thrones? my wealth. It's a reversal of fortunes. There are um, eschatological overtones to it. They, they kind of echoes Jesus's words, you know, when he says um, the first will be last uh, and, and the last will be first. Um, that, that at the end of days, <laughs> but it also begins to, to play itself out in the present. 
God brings down the mighty, and the poor and the powerless are exalted. Uh, New Testament theologian uh, Stephen Cooper says, God's reversal of fortunes is not intended to raise violent resistance or to drive the wealthy and powerful to despair. Uh, He he points to a a couple of examples later in Luke where the the well-to-do are are actually exhorted to deal with their wealth and power in a way that um, connects them to the poor, like that there's these positive relations with the poor uh, in order that they can partake of this, this same salvation. And so the first example that that he gives is, is in, in Luke chapter 18. And it's the, uh, the story um, of the rich ruler. So this, this wealthy um, man, uh, one of the other gospel writers uh, says that he's young. This rich young ruler uh, comes to Jesus and he says, I, I wanna be a part of God's thing, what must I do? And so Jesus rattles off a, a few commandments and He's like, I, I've got that, you know, I'm, I'm good to go. But then Jesus invites him to switch places with the poor. He says, sell all that you own and distribute the money to the poor. And then you will have treasure in heaven and then come follow me. And it's at that point that he went away empty. The rich went away empty. And it's not because God came down hard on him and with the strength of God's arm. It's because he couldn't accept Jesus' radical invitation to participate in the kingdom uh, in, in these kind of ways. And so, uh, the next story is just like right in the next column in, in, in Luke 19, and it's the story of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was also um, looking for Jesus. He was also curious. He, he, he also wanted to be a part of this thing. At least that's what we sense at the end of the story. And, and so um, Zacchaeus is, is very rich and he's very powerful, um, and Jesus goes to his house. Now, we're not, in this story, privileged to Jesus' uh, actual um, question or charge to him like in the other story. But we do see um, Zacchaeus' response. He says, Lord, I will give to the poor um, half of my possessions. Um, if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. And then Jesus said to him, Today... Salvation has come to this house. And so Zacchaeus responds to Jesus' call. He uses his wealth and his power to lift people. And then he participates in the joy that comes from that, the salvation that comes from that. In, um, in our Advent series, um, we're, uh, many of us are, are reading this book, um, all the good, a Wesleyan way of Christmas. And in the, the third chapter, the chapter for this week, uh, Practices of, of Mercy, um, the author Jung Choi uh, talks about how God's vision of mercy uh, is for everyone. It's for all people. And she says, God 
also calls us to spread God's mercy and justice as Mary's Magnificat extols and as Jesus would live out later. Mary's song is to upend the worldly understanding of social structure. It's a reversal of fortunes. It's a reversal of of hierarchy. And God calls us into that. My sermon that day, it was about that. It was about injustice, specifically about racial injustice. Not unlike other sermons about our need um, to, to stand with the people around us, especially the people who are stepped on, uh, who are marginalized, who are pushed to the side, uh, and who are uh, even rejected. My friend was disturbed by my sermon, but I was disturbed by his sermon. He said, Keith, when I come to church, I don't want to hear about all that stuff. I hear that all week long. I just need to escape it. Um, I felt sad on a number of different levels. I was disappointed in that place where he was standing. I can accept it and respect it. I felt sad that he and his family were leaving because I love them. But I know I can never be the pastor that lowers the Sunday morning shades and that shields us uh, from the pain of the world. And, and I know uh, that you are not that kind of church either. We are called to sing this song of mercy uh, with kindness and forgiveness and compassion uh, to use our strength uh, to lift people. There's this story that I love about the mayor of New York, LaGuardia, uh, the airport's named after him. Um, back in uh, 1935, it was, a, it was a cold winter's night, and uh, LaGuardia went to uh, the night court, and he dismissed the judge for the evening, and he took over the bench. Um, well, that night, this, this old, tattered woman I came into the courtroom. Uh, she had been charged with, with stealing uh, a, a loaf of bread. Um, she defended herself by saying, uh, my, my daughter's husband deserted her. She's, she's sick and her children are starving. Uh, the shopkeeper uh, who owned the bread that she stole uh, refused to drop the charges. Um, he, he said, It's a bad neighborhood, Your Honor, and she's got to be punished to teach other people a lesson. And so LaGuardia sighed, and he turned to this old woman, and he says, I've got to punish you. The law makes no exceptions. And his judgment was a $10 fine or 10 days in jail. However, even while he was pronouncing the sentence, he's reaching into his back pocket, and he pulls out a $10 bill and he throws it into his hat with these famous words. Here's the $10 fine, which I now remit. And furthermore, 
I'm going to find everyone else in the courtroom 50 cents for living in a town where a person has to steal bread so that her grandchildren can eat. Mr. Bailiff, collect the fines and give them to the defendant. The next morning, a newspaper in New York uh, reported $47.50 was turned over to a bewildered old grandmother who had stolen a loaf of bread to feed her starving grandchildren. Making forced donations were a red-faced shopkeeper, 70 petty criminals, and a few New York City policemen. 50 cents for living in a town where a person has to steal bread to feed her starving grandchildren. There's a vision that's bigger than that. You know, both Elizabeth and Mary are, are amazed at what God is doing. Maybe uh, their questions are also our questions. How can this be? Why is this happening to me? Does God really want to use me like this? Yeah, God does. Thanks be to God.